Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, hello. What is going on, everyone? I feel like you guys, like, we're going from, like, most hair to Darren to, like, less hair, Will, and then, like, no hair on the on the head with me. <laughs> uh, are you caught, are you saying I'm balding? This is news to me. Are you talking about the beard? The beard, yeah. All right, all right. Well, I, I was about to. I was about to leave the the show right now. Uh, if you had to put it on my receding hairline, that would that would have cut deep. Let's do icebreaker question real quick. What's up, everyone? Let us know what's your favorite non sales related podcast that you're listening to right now. Let us know in the chat. We'll start with you, Darren. You got a podcast you like to listen to? Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Andy Storch. Uh, he does like yeah. a talent development think tank. Uh, which I'm I'm a big fan of. It's my ICP. Uh, all my buyers are in there, so I got to listen to it, and it, it teaches me. Uh, he's great to it. Yeah. Well, uh, my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> Interesting. It's a podcast where uh, it's British, but a uh, few people. One of their dads wrote a, a fan fan fiction kind of pornographic book, and they read it out loud. Each chapter is an episode, and it's uh, it's outrageous. That's a funny one, dude. I'm just looking through my podcast right now. <laughs> one I think you guys would both like, actually. It's called Billion Dollar Creator. Uh, uh, Nathan, something I'm forgetting his last name. Nathan Barry, founder of ConvertKit. Really, oh, yeah. really good for just personal brand, how to turn the stuff you create and monetize it, that sort of stuff. Look at all this in the in the chat here. Um, cool. Let's get started. So today we're talking about how to land more meetings using LinkedIn. Just a reminder on the Daily Sales Show, uh, these guys share tips and tactics on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. Will Aiken's actually one of the the other hosts of the Sales Show, uh, Daily Sales Show. So make sure to check out their stuff. And they also got a YouTube channel. We'll drop that into the chat for you. So if you like stuff like this and you want bite-sized, actionable things on a daily basis, these guys do it pretty well. Um, my name's Jason Bay. I run a company called Outbound Squad. So we do sales training, coaching for SDRs, AEs, teams, all of that kind of stuff. We got Will Aiken on the call as well. Founder over at willaiken.com. Is that what you're calling your company, Will? Yeah. Why not? Plug the website. Yeah. It's Aiken Sales Aik, but willaiken.com sounds cooler. Love it. Love it. And Darren McKee, it's been a little while since we collaborated. But I think it was three, two or three years ago, we had you and your, you and your brother on the podcast. Uh, Darren's VP of Sales and Strategic Partnerships at Sky. And uh, if I do say so myself, you're just an animal on the on the socials, dude. You you really crush it on LinkedIn. So um, good to have you. Uh, I'd like to launch a poll real quick. Uh, we'd like to know a little bit more about who you are. Let us know here in the poll. Are you an SDR, an AE? Are you a frontline manager, a senior leader? Other maybe let us know in the chat if you're you're a different role. Both real quick. Got almost four hundred of you on the call today. Let us know. We want to customize and tailor the the content for you guys today. So it'll help us know a little bit more about our audience. So while you guys are voting there, cool. We got some sales and input people in here. There we go. David Go says, love this panel. Let's go. David Go in the house in all caps. David Go is here. He's in the house. He's very to party, you guys. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank our partner, Common Room. We'll drop some info there in the chat. Common Room's a really, really cool tool, I feel like, that is really revolutionizing how we do outbound and prioritize the people and the companies that we reach out to. So I want to give Common Room a shout out. 
So here's what we're going to talk about today. And let me end the poll and we'll share it just so everyone can kind of see. We got a pretty good distribution of folks. So it looks like about two thirds is quoted carrying refs. We got some managers and senior leaders. Really good breakdown here. Okay. So we're going to talk about a couple things. Uh, one is what effective social engagement is and how to do it. So what does it mean on LinkedIn to engage with our prospects? Uh, should we be posting content? Should we have a personal brand? Should we care about those things? Uh, two, we're going to talk about uh, fluff strategies to avoid on LinkedIn. So should you pitch? Should you not? I think the answer to that is going to surprise you today. And then we're going to talk about ways to get creative with in-mail video and more. Okay, guys, you ready to argue a little bit? Let's do it. Love it. Okay. Well, I like the argument. So, let's talk about personal brand <clears throat> in sales. And I think one of the things that we could do is let's cue the audience up with a question, actually. Um, let us know in the chat, in terms of personal brand, how do you think about your online personal brand? Is that a website? Is that a LinkedIn profile? Is it a post content? Like, let us know in the audience here, what does a personal brand mean to you? And uh, Will, we'll kick this first question over your way as we're, as we're talking through that. Like, what is, like, what's personal brand and why should we care about it? Yeah. So I remember a little while ago, this, this term came up, social selling, and uh, then personal branding got all the, all the rage as well. Personal brand to me is just building a presence, a, a, a known, you're building your name, growing your name, getting your name out there online by any platform. But today we're mainly talking about LinkedIn. Um, so people know you and you have a brand. So let's say if I reached out to 10,000 people, more of them would know me. If, I, if, if more of them know me, that would suggest I had a better personal brand than if less of those people knew me. Yeah. So Darren, personal brand, do you think of that as your LinkedIn presence? Do you think of it as your reputation at the company? Because we're getting some interesting answers there in the chat where some people are like, oh, it's my public image. Some people it's about being authentic. How do you kind of think about personal brand? Yeah, like as much as I want to say that it's my it's my public image, like no one on my street, no one at the coffee shop gives a darn that I'm creating content on on LinkedIn. But the way when I think of personal brand, just just because of the industry that I'm in and being in sales, like my personal brand is how I show up on the platform. It, it the way that I always envision it, it's it's if there's 15 people at a dinner table in DC and my name gets brought up, what are they going to say? Like that that that's how that's how I think about my personal brand and uh, a lot of that is contributed to like how I show up on the platform and how I engage with people on the platform and so um, it's a little bit of both but um, my neighbors don't even know I post content. Yeah, have you ever been recognized in the street? Two times, two times. Conferences are different, but like in the street, only two times. Good on you. I I feel like Darren, the first thing that would stick out to me is if I if I saw you somewhere, I'd be like the beard. Yeah, very impressive. Um. So if we think about personal brand, I think one of the questions everyone is thinking here is, should I be public about my personal brand? And when we say public to the right audience. So Darren, what you kind of alluded to here is like, I don't care if the people on my street necessarily knew who I am, but you know what? The people that I sell to, the communities that they live in and breathe in, like, do people know who I am there? Yeah. So I'll kind of just throw this question up for both of you. As a sales professional, should I care about being public with my personal brand? Should I be vocal on LinkedIn? And we'll talk about whether or not it's a good idea to be a content creator and post content. If I'm not right now, 
conscious of my LinkedIn presence, is that something I should care more about? And if so, like, let's talk about the why behind that first, before we start digging into a lot of the tactics that we're going to share today. Yeah, I, I'll pick us off. Well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, listen, like when, when somebody thinks leadership development coaching, I, I want them to think of my name. I don't want them to think of a bunch of different other companies out there. I want them to think of Darren and then go and find out that I work at Sky. Like that, that's, that's the personal brand of sharing a lot of stuff around coaching and developing leaders and been doing it for a long time. So I've built that, that kind of following to now where like when people think of that, they think of the name, they don't think of the company. Also think like younger generations are starting to like really follow people versus organizations even more heavily. So I got, I, I, I think if you're not doing it and you're not building a name in your industry, like you're, like you're going to be left behind. Like my, like the 21 years old. 21 year olds aren't Googling companies. They're Googling the influencer that's tied to that organization to see how they like it and how, how they talk about it. So I think it's critical, man. Let's talk about from a job security standpoint. Well, if we could, if yeah. you could comment on this, um, I think I layoffs are a very real thing right now. Um, yeah. How do you think about personal brand in terms of if I'm a rep, how does this create job security for me? Yeah. To, to, to piggyback off what Darren said. So, so, we can talk about creating content and if you should do that in a minute. But like, I think personal brand, especially, you should focus on it for two reasons and a lot of which is it's hiring and opportunities. And that's that a lot of prospects and a lot of hiring managers and a lot of recruiters look at your LinkedIn profile. And what do they see when they get there? What can they tell about you? Are you getting involved, learning, showing up the places where your prospects are? So, so I think definitely worth investing and being aware of your personal brand at the very least. I think having a personal brand for getting recruited is obviously just job security. If people know who you are, when they start looking for someone, you're going to be at the top of the list, right? Um, and that same thing applies to sales as well. Um, I am someone who doesn't get that many job offers anymore because I'm kind of quite publicly <laughs> not looking for work. Um, but prior to that, you know, there was so many job opportunities coming my way as a result of being online, especially when I was uh, selling to a persona who, who would have hired me, which was sales leader at the time. Yeah. I can't tell you how how much credible someone appears. Like when I think about the people in our ecosystem, like the contractors I work with or coaches that we work with, like just having a LinkedIn presence and being able to see them and to hear them, it's like instant credibility. It, it is almost as good as what their resume is. It's pretty crazy. Um, we've, I've also worked with a lot of reps too, where if you have been conscious about your personal brand, just being able to post that you're looking for an opportunity or reaching out and DMing people and them taking you seriously, you don't feel like such a stranger. Much like if anyone's followed any of us or the Sell Better crew, those people don't feel like strangers, even though we've never had a conversation before. Yeah. That's really what we're trying to capture. Um, let's get into some of the tactics, you guys. So we're going to dig into a couple of things here. Um, one of the things that I'm really curious about, actually, is if we look at companies, let us know, vote in the poll real quick. Does your company encourage you to post content on social? Let us know. I'm actually really curious. I want to know this. Will one. and Darren, as as they're voting, what do you think the breakdown's going to be? Go ahead, Will. I reckon... I reckon... Uh, so better audience, just thinking of that subset. I reckon... 40% yes, 60% no. 40-60. I'll go 60-40 the other way. 
Tell them of your numbers, Darren. I'm going to end the poll. Trying to make it fun here. Oh, damn. Okay. I think this just shows, like, it, I think this just shows that, like, we're we're evolving. I think this shows massive involvement, actually. If I, I think if we asked this poll two years ago, even, it would have been the exact opposite. Whereas a company, oh, I don't know what they're going to share about us. I don't know what they're going to be talking about. They could alienate our customers or whatever. And now it's, dude, it's free promotion. Yeah. Now, I think the opposite end of the spectrum is, you know, if I'm a sales leader, I don't want a sales rep spending three or four hours a day on company dime posting stuff that doesn't really help the company. There's a balance there, right? Mm. Um, so let's dig into one of the first kind of big critical stuff. So, so for everyone, here's what we're going to dig into next. We're going to talk about your profile. So the landing page, have we set this up correctly? Uh, Will and Darren, I'm going to call on you guys in a second. Hopefully you got some good examples. We're going to show some real examples of reps that have good profiles. We're going to kind of break them down. And uh, we promise not to be too mean on the stuff that we're going to correct. Uh, Two, we're going to talk about content. So should you post content? Should you not post content? And the last thing we're going to talk about is even if you decide not to post a single piece of content, how could you use LinkedIn as a tool to book meetings? That's the big thing that we're going to talk about. So let's talk about LinkedIn profile. Um, I think what's really important here is that to preface, I'll speak for myself here, being that I run a business and the part of the the marketing engine behind the business is me posting LinkedIn content on a daily basis. I don't think that my profile is a fair example of what, if you're a sales rep here or a sales leader, what your profile should look like. Um, so Darren, let's kick this first question your way. When you think about block and tackle before we start showing some examples or feel free, you can share your screen too, if you want and bring up some examples. Um, what are the nuts and bolts basics of what I should have on my profile and why is it important to optimize it? Yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll share really, yeah, let's take a look. really quickly. I have like thousands of tabs open here. Um, sorry. There we go. All right. So. Um, let me get out of all these messages. Good Lord. All right. So one of the things that like, here's, here's the thing. Like I, I, I I thought about this a lot whenever you were like, Hey, bring up a profile. I I wanted to bring up somebody that has a, has a true personal like brand. Like I know this person well, we've met for coffee. So like their online persona is the exact same as they are in, in, in real life. And so when I look at here, I'm like, all right, cool. I know, I know exactly where she works. So I look at the top, I'm here picture it's professional it's exactly how she looks like in real life as well so when we met for coffee i was like oh that's julia you look exactly like you did in your picture online um i understand exactly what she does in track and trace and, and supply chain like it's it's easy here so coming down there's common connections i mean she's active in our space it means like she's trusted by a lot of people which is really really helpful whatever coming down here featured there's posts that she like loves and deeply cares about which are here featured coming down she's posting content she's engaging with people like it is here. I can look and see she's commenting a week ago. Let's say she might have took a week off, which is great. The about section is filled out. I don't really care too much about what's in here. Like, tell people what you do, tell people why you do it, and tell people who you are. Those are the three things that I think about a lot when it comes to some of that. And then, like, this is updated. I understand exactly what's happening here. I also know that she invests in herself. She's a member of Chief, which is huge. Like, right? So, like, there are things that are in here. It is just filled out. It's it's easy. I'm never gonna be. The type of person that's going to say, you should have the perfect profile. You should spend $500 having somebody build it for you. Just make it good enough to where when somebody gets on there like, oh, that's good. I I, I know what I see here. 
Uh, so that's just one example. Um, and uh, listen, like I, I think the other thing is like if I go to your comment section and I like, see you being a jerk over and over and over again, that's probably the biggest red flag on LinkedIn. Um, and I look at everybody's comment section before I look at their post section. What about recommendations? Yeah, I like recommendations. I mean, they were a hit like back in 2009. Um, but uh, I think people are... I think people are starting to love them again. Uh, I think we 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 yeah. all got like testimonial.io and all of these other things that were easier because like quite frankly you don't own your recommendations on on LinkedIn so you better get them somewhere else. But I do think they're great to have there as well. Yeah, I am like I've been so diligent about getting recommendations. We have like just 100 plus recommendations from people that have participated in our programs and like I can repurpose those into other stuff, but um Dude, there's something about having as a sales rep. Let's let's give some actionables here. Um, so I think like one really actionable thing from a recommendation standpoint would be like get two to three recommendations. They could be coworkers at your current company. It could be coworkers, other reps on your team. Your manager is another good place to ask. But from a job hunting perspective, like recommendations are are, are so powerful. Um, Will profile picks. Let's talk about this. And I'm going to actually open this up to both of you guys. Um, you said profile pick. This is a pick that looks like the person. And I think yeah. there are situations that I see where someone hops on a Zoom call with a prospective customer and they look nothing like the LinkedIn profile picture. Oftentimes it's because it's like a 10 or 15 year old picture. Is that a bad thing? Like, like should should we care about that profile pick? And if so... Do we have to spend hundreds of dollars for getting a pick or can we use AI? Like, what do you guys recommend with profile picks? Let's start there. Yeah, I think I think the thing that matters most about a profile pick isn't so much that like, it's so small, right? When you see it on a feed or even in your connection request that you don't need to look exactly as you do. But my advice would be to just try and look like a pleasant person. Make sure it's just you in the photo. It's not taken from another social media profile. And the reason for that is because, which we'll talk about in a little bit later, is that I've got a few friend requests, uh, not friend requests, connection requests right now, you know, on Facebook. Um, one of the only things you see about someone when they connect with you is their name, their photo, and that that first bit of their headline there, right? So, And the biggest thing by far is the photo. So if you can try and make sure your profile picture is you smiling, looking pleasant, looking professional, looking like the type of person you'd actually want to talk to in the street, if they were a stranger, then you're going to get more connections, basically. I would just recommend, you know, either getting someone you know, um, or I wouldn't take a selfie because the arm thing might come out. Uh, because when you know to take yourself a photo of you on a plain backdrop, if you don't want to go get professional headshots done, I don't, and I might upset some people here, love the AI headshot thing um, that I've been seeing going around. It kind of makes me, it's like Uncanny Valley. And I'm like, okay, I remember when I first got, uh, you know, the Facebook plugin extension in 2011, did funny things with Snapchat filters. Like, just take a nice photo of yourself yeah. and just make sure you're smiling. So that's, that's all I've got for that one. I think the smiling is a really big part of it too. I see a lot of pictures where the person's very serious and it makes me less willing to like engage with them uh, messaging. There's something about it that feels like comes out in their tone sometimes or in making judgments of some sort, probably in a bad way. Um, let's talk headlines. I think this would be really fun. You guys, can can everyone here that's watching copy and paste your LinkedIn profile headline here into the chat? And we'll try to give some like broad observations and feedback based on the stuff that we see. Because you two are both, correct me if I'm wrong, blank, the, a fan of the blank connection request. That, yeah. I'm not going to correct you. You're not wrong. 
So the blank connection request is like 100% your profile picture and the headline that follows it. Mm -hmm. So as you guys see some of these, feel free to comment on some of them. What do you guys see in here that if you were to give some feedback for some people or if there's ones that you like, what do you see? I think this could be kind of fun here. Yeah, I have a... um... I have a favorite one. It's a guy named Mike Fata, F-A-T-A, if anybody wants to go go check his out, but it's just straight to the point. Um, I'm going to look through some of these. Yeah, I'm going to just go over these as well. I think I'm seeing quite a few good ones that catch my eye. Um, Devin Acosta, instant response. I think you can go a few different ways with the headline. You can make it more about how you help your customers. You can make it more related to your industry. You can just make your job title. That's the way I would say. That's like the the way I would recommend as much. Mainly because when we're connecting with prospects on LinkedIn, right, they're not actively looking to try and get pitched. Most most buyers are trying to avoid that, like the plague. To be honest, let's be real. So you can avoid just putting in sales, even in the first half. You know, um, then you're not going to raise that resistance that a lot of prospects have being pitched and increase the chance of yourself getting ignored. What you can do, though, is talk about the industry you sell to, maybe even leave that. Like I said, the Devon one there, instant response. So just leading with that, Devon doesn't look like someone who's selling cybersecurity software. He looks like a peer in a way, right? Because instant response is science, probably language related to them. And he's not saying I help with instant response. He's just saying instant response. So I like that's why I like that one there. Um, There's so many here. Oh, my gosh. I'll, I'll tell you, like, I'm reading through a lot of these and a lot of them look the same to me. Um, and so like, I'm a big fan of like shocking your feed and making sure that you look different. So like, I would even, if I were y'all, I would, you know, look through some of these and realize that like, Hey, a lot of these like look and feel kind of the same. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you stand out? Um, yeah, I mean, I had another profile that I quite liked, Jason, you want me to share my screen? Yeah. I'll give you an example. Someone, I think someone did something quite different with this one. So this is a, a profile that I like. Uh, of someone who doesn't create content that often. Uh, one of my ex-colleagues, Gabby Siddle, and she sells uh, Slate, which is a social media like video editing tool to social media managers. And her title is just like, Hey, Social Media Managers. I just thought that was a little bit different, a little bit quirky. Um, and it's the first thing they're going to see when they connect with us. It's almost like a connection request, no, but a cool one in that. I also like the fact that she's quite you know busy on LinkedIn. She's not a like, content creator by any means. She's posting like once, twice, maybe three times a month. But she's definitely active on the platform and getting involved with people. Um, and then everything else is filled out as well. Namely also her photo, happy, and her background. I, I like the banner being used for like a little bit more of an ad because it's only something that people will see when they click on your profile. You can get away of sharing a little bit more about what you do about being like. If not, put one of your hobbies there. Just make sure you have something because it's free retail space there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think takeaways here are don't just put your job title and company name. Someone asked, should you put, if you've worked at a really prominent company like a Google or a Facebook, what are your guys' thoughts on putting X Google, X Facebook, X Amazon? You can be proud of what you've done, man. I don't think it's going to like, if anybody gets mad at you for doing that, then you probably didn't want to hang out with them anyway. So like put it on there. If you worked at Google and you were proud of it, you were one of the first engineers or you built a cool product, like heck yeah, put X Google on there. It's awesome. Yeah. I, it, you know, I, I'm like when it's like X Google, X Carta, X Microsoft, X, like all these X's. Then I'm like, yo, you just got a lot of X's. That's yeah. That's uh, that to me is like sometimes I see one that's like eight time X VP of sales. Well, that's obviously very niche. I'm not trying to call anyone out by saying this, but I'm like, you're like, why eight? Eight? 
you're not that old. You must have had a lot of jobs in you know a few uh, a dozen years. So that that's the one thing I'd watch out for that with that as well. Don't look like a job so, uh, at the result. One last thought that I think I have in the story that's a little different than you guys is I, I do kind of like talking about the problem that you solve. So for example, if my solution reduces cost to serve in contact centers, that's that's my headline. Reducing yeah. cost to serve in large contact centers. Or tired of people going to your FAQ and calling into the customer service question mark, that could be a good headline. I mean, I think like little variations in plays on the problem. Don't talk about the solution though. It shouldn't say anything about reports or insights or analytics or dashboards or any of that kind of weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Adams at Banta has a really good first line. It says security and compliance that doesn't sock too much. Yeah. That's that's the headline. The ads on LinkedIn. So I've seen that joke 20 times now, but it still still stands out for a company. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, let's talk real quick. Uh, we got about 20 minutes left here. Let us yep. know, you guys, in the Q&A. As questions come up, let us know if you have questions on the profile component. I want to make sure we talk about content. So there's kind of this idea that we talked about of being an active user on LinkedIn versus a content creator. Let's tee this question up your way, Will, first. Yep. What are your thoughts on I'm a... I'm a rep or a leader. I have a quota. I got a day job. I'm not a content creator full time. How do you think about the decision that the, a person like that needs to make on whether or not to post content? What are kind of the pros and cons here? And, and what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, and, and Darren and I, we did a little prequel on this, and, and we I know we we somewhat differ in this. If if you were going to replace any element of your day job as a seller with creating content, I think that's a dangerous place to go because. Although I'm someone who's benefited massively off the content I've created, I went from rep to something else to something else to now I'm a business owner who makes good money and whatnot. And that's all as a result of my personal brand or mostly as a result of personal brand um, from creating content. That's helped me tons, right? But when I started creating content, I didn't look at it as like a part of my job. I didn't look at it like, oh, okay, I'm going to make content instead of making 30 cold calls. I don't think it's a, it's a long game and it's definitely worth investing in if you're interested in it. But I also think replacing any other element of sales is a, is a dangerous place to go with content creation because it's such a slow burn. I didn't see any results or really get any traction for like six months after I started creating content. And I won't lie, if you're making content and you're missing your number, your sales manager is probably going to be like, stop posting on LinkedIn and send some more emails. Um, so I'm not saying it's if everyone, but if you have an interest in it and you treat it more like a hobby or like a side project instead of like a core responsibility of your job, Go for it. It's it's definitely something that can pay off for job opportunities and uh, attracting customers if you're posting about what your customers want to learn about. That's my take. What are your thoughts, Darren? Yeah, I, I listen. I think it's a. There are a lot of reps out there that are still hitting their number that have never logged into LinkedIn. So I think I'll, I'll start by saying that I think that's in in a lot of industries it's pretty prominent. That you don't even have a LinkedIn, or you, you it was just your resume. Um, I am in the camp that I think if you are going to want to continue to thrive in this space, um, you you should be creating content to your ICP. Um, I would much rather see a rep post a very high quality post directly to their ICP than sending thirty crabby emails. Um, that is that is my my stance on that. I think you can look at your impression count and see that you had a thousand people in your space. 
um, which is a lot better than, you know, 14 year emails that went to spam um, and the other ones that never got read. So like, listen, I think like you got to do both though. Like I would, I, I love seeing reps create the content, but also put seven really high quality personalized emails out to their prospect or buyers and pick up the phone and call two or three people where you know you might get a connect. Like you, you, you do have to do everything, but man, I haven't picked up a phone in three years and I've been an AE um, and been able to close like massive amounts of revenue from content. Yeah. So let's talk about that strategy a bit because um, I think that creating the content is a part of a flywheel that you can start to create where it's like I'm posting content that I can then use to tee up conversations and that those conversations and what I gather from the customer about what they're why they decided to take the conversation, what problems they're having, what they're trying to accomplish, like that creates and fuels the content engine because that becomes the content that you post. Hmm. Let's like really break this down though, because I, I just ran a poll. Most people here are posting one time per week, 45%. The next is never. About a third of the group never posts on LinkedIn. I want to speak real quick to the people that the one time a week they post is probably resharing something that their company posted that's probably not great. And the people that have never posted stuff. What's that like, Darren? Like, if you could take us back, like, what was it like when you were getting started in the first three to six months? First three to six just and kind of get started with us. First three to six, first three to nine months, terrible. Like, it was like my brother would like my post and Jason, you know, like that, that's kind of, that's kind of it. Um, but I would look down and I'd see, I'd, I, we used to call them views back then, not impressions. And it's 70 people saw it. And I was like, Dude, I just talked to 70 people. So I had to change the way I think about things. And we're also dopamine focused that if we don't get 10,000 views on something, we freak out, right? Like I have a, I have over 100,000 followers. There, there are posts that still don't get a ton of reach for me. But like I had to like zoom back and be like, it took me 10 minutes to write a post that hit 420 people. Like why would I not do that every day uh, in my space? And so it just, it, 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 it was a non-negotiable for me, but it, it ultimately came down to a why. Like I had to realize like why I was showing up every day. Um, and um, I, probably nine months in, I went from you know three months started with like two thousand followers, and then at about the nine month mark, I think I had six, um, and then it just like completely catapulted after that nine month mark. So if we were to get really tactical, like let's say you could redo that first nine months over again, and we're speaking to that, like what would a typical week look like for you? How many times would you post? What kind of content would you post? How would you use maybe some of that content in your outreach? I think we can answer some of these folks' questions. Like Mason Chusman said, you know, that he likes to comment and kind of mix that in with the posts, like to kind of create a feed. Natasha asked, do I point people to the content, et cetera, et cetera? Like, what would that look like for you, Darren? If you could redo that first 90 months or nine months, excuse me. Yeah. Like here's what I think a typical week could look like fitting it in with my sales kit. Yeah. I, I coach a lot of people on this. So first day would be like um, a company related post where I'm shouting out a product or a testimony or something that we've done really well. But I would take a story. I wouldn't do the one pager. I wouldn't do the testimonial from the company. I would rip pieces out of that and make it my own words. Number two, personal experience, right? Like I made a post about a Lexus today that was like a terrible marketing play on Lexus. It went viral. It was awesome. Uh, actually, it was not awesome. It wasted a lot of time. Wednesday, I would shout out a fellow creator or a fellow colleague, right? Thursday, I'm back to posting about my company. And Friday, I do whatever the heck I want. So like, that's the cadence that I would have gave myself every single week because it, it it helps you understand like what's going on throughout the week and like what I'm supposed to be sharing 
tomorrow. Uh, and then I would I would have invested a lot more into other creators and people. Yeah. So day one. So basically, we're looking at typical week, Monday and Thursday, I'm going to post something company related. Tuesday, I'm going to post something personal. Wednesday, I'm going to shout out a fellow colleague or creator. Day five, Friday, I'm going to post whatever I want. Um, Will, posting personal stuff on social media, like let's talk about that day two post. What are your thoughts on posting stuff that's not work-related? Yeah, I think um, the the ultimate test for me, the litmus test, is is, is this going to be valuable for someone else, right? Uh, in a professional context in, in some ways, maybe not even that professional, but it's it's like, can I give something away for this? So like a, a big a big theme of what I've seen successful in content, I do a lot of humor stuff, but I'll do some value stuff as well, is like, is this providing value to someone in any way? So I'm going to see this and be like, oh, that's helpful. Uh, so So that would be the litmus test I think about you can share personal updates, of course. Like, you know, it's all right to self-celebrate every now and again. But like Darren, I kind of have a, a few pillars that I like to rely on. So like Darren would be like, give, shout shout the company, shout someone else. Um, for me, it's like I do humor, value, conversion. So me trying to get something from someone, whether that's getting them to attend a sell better webinar or go to my merch store and buy one of these t-shirts. Um, which aren't available to sell anymore. So I just showed you something that was uh, n- no longer on the market. But um, yeah, so I'd flip up between those really, you know, okay. and, and and depending on who you sell to as well, I just think about like, you can use your company's content, but just pull something out of that and give your opinion on it. That's a really easy thing to do. Like, I think there's a huge opportunity whilst a lot of the folks, including the three of us, um, have built quite big brands in the in the sales and revenue space. There's a big opportunity because there's so many fewer people trying to do that in like cybersecurity and uh, product development and and uh, human resources, let's say, that that's actually more of an opportunity because you've got less competition of sellers trying to to provide value to those folks. So although yeah. those people may not appear to be on the platform as much, they definitely still are. There are a ton of cybersecurity influencers. Trust me, they hate me. Um, and uh, you can you could definitely create content for those folks uh, if, you, if you really wanted to. So love it, you guys. I get a couple things with content because people are asking, like AJ's asking, how do you get ideas to post? To Kate's like, how personal is too personal? A couple things is one, whenever you create content, you want to have a person or a small group of people in mind. So the best way to get your ideas for content, AJ, is what was the last prospect that you spoke with that fits your ideal client profile? And what did they talk about that was important to them? And I'm going to literally create the next piece of content. I'm going to write it to them. It's going to be written instead of uh, y'all in the post. It's going to say you in the post, right? Uh, Second thing for personal is you don't have to go. I'll give you an example. So one thing I posted a while ago that that, that, um, got a lot of reach was my wife and I do these things called Sunday retros. 10 minutes every Sunday, we do a start, stop, continue on a relationship. It's three questions. I put a reminder on it. Talked about all the benefits. Um, the reason why I wrote that post is I thought about what in my personal life, because everyone you sell to is a person. A lot of them have partners. What would generally be helpful for them that might not be something that they're doing? And it wasn't preachy, like you should do this. It's I do this thing and it's been really helpful for this reason. Thought it might be helpful for you. I didn't talk about what we speak about in those Sunday retros though. I didn't talk about like stuff I'm learning in therapy. You know what I mean? Like I didn't get that personal with it, but I talked about something in my personal life. 
don't know if that helps some of the people that are debating whether like how personal to go. Just think about like if you if you were talking to this prospect in a happy hour type setting, what are some of the stuff you might talk about in your personal life that are like a little deeper than surface level? Er Early, early in the happy hour. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, after the no after the cool last cool at the bar. Um, Also, there's a couple of questions like how how to build a niche industry. I saw like commenting is is growing in a way as well, and that's how I like to look at like most sellers. If you're not going to go out and create content, commenting is definitely worthwhile. Come on your prospects. Come find thought yeah. leaders or creators or whatever you want to call them in your prospects industry. Get involved in that conversation. That's only going to fuel your ideas as well as you learn more about the ways that your prospects talk and what they find valuable. Also, highly recommend journaling because that allows you to write down what happened to your day. Then that gives you a mind of things to look back on and yeah. use as lessons and whatnot. So... Let's give the people what they what they want here in the chat. So in terms of how we land meetings with this, let's do that. I think there's a lot of different ways. The first thing I would kind of tee up is the reason why we spent so much time on profile and content is that if you're not doing those things, landing meetings is really hard. So hard. So um, you can use the content to find what I call hand raisers. So if there are people liking and commenting on your content that fit your ICP, like that's a direct message away from a yeah. conversation. That's a connection request away from the conversation. Darren, can you tell us there's a play that you like to run to where you look at competitors? Yeah. Well, people that work for these competitors and post content. How do you how do you well, think of that? First of all, like everybody's spending thousands of dollars on all these intent software and you're not even looking at your own intent. So they look at your own intent. First. Like who's viewing your profile? Who's engaging with your content? DM them, tell them thanks. Make sure that they know that you actually give a crap that they engaged with you or looked at you, right? Like there's, Nothing. I said 150 to 250 DMs every single week. No, no, like every single week. Um, and uh, to to your point, one of the the plays that I run often. I, I have a, like a very competitive space in the uh, coaching at scale organizations, and so some of my competitors have really big company LinkedIn pages, and they post, and they get thousands of engagements on their content. Guess what? That is, those are all of my buyers. Those are all of my customers. And guess what? They are all using some of my competitors. And you better believe that now I know they're active. Now I know that they probably have budget for what I'm selling. And I go and connect with them. And I'll even tell them like, hey, I saw you on this company's profile. Just wanted to say, hey, that's it. And now guess what? We're connected. I'm posting more than anyone else that they're following. So they're going to see all my crap tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And then in five days, I'm going to hit them with a DM. Like, but, but I'm relevant at that point. Right, because they know they know kind of who I am, what I stand for, what I do. Uh, because I'm going in that cadence that I just talked about earlier, where it's company shout out, you know, personal experience, company. So I, I'm, I'm hitting them with everything. So I think if we kind of think about the again the flywheel here, it's my profile's optimized. I'm posting content. I'm connecting with people that fit my ICP, and I start to build like an actual like audience of people that would like to see what I uh, post online. And that way, when I go to reach out to them, and we should talk about this part, Darren, too, because you're actually very bullish on yeah. like, hey, I'm going to pitch them, actually. Yeah. I'm not going to like dance around the topic here. Um, so what do you say? What's an example of what you might say in that DM? You see someone yeah. posting or interacting with content, or you send them a blank connection request, let's say, and they accept it. What I'm happens? A lot of, I might make a lot of people mad on this call, and that's okay. Um, I don't have time. And neither do my buyers have time to have a coffee with me. They don't really care about me. They care that do I have a solution that's going to take care of the problem that they have internally at their company. So whenever I send them a DM, 
I'm literally sending it straight to them. I'm like, hey, listen, like I've read your sustainability report. I've read your 10K. I know the problems that you're having. Here's what I think I can help you with. Can you chat in three weeks uh, on the second, third, or fourth at 3 p.m.? And I go three weeks out because they're super busy. I sell to VPs of learning and development. They don't have time this week. I don't have time this week if I'm a really good seller, quite frankly. Um, and so when you go out a little bit, you give them space, you give them comfort, and you actually like you send the message that like is going to get you the meeting versus like, hey, any chance that you can talk next week? Here's my Calendly link. I don't. They don't want to talk to you. They want you to help them. And so I go in straight for the kill every single time. And I have so many times where the buyer's like, hey, thanks for being honest. Thanks for just like shooting your shot. Um, and it's just like, it's critical. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of a really, really, really good first pitch. Well, yeah. Um, I think it's I think, a little bit of a different approach on this. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's two ways to look at it, right? People get complain about pitch slapping a lot and they hate that, right? I think if your pitch is well researched and it's relevant to them then that you can get away with a lot more and i find that if i'm gonna do that in such direct approach it's better delivered via video for one i love pull out my phone recording a video darren i love this tip from you i walk outside my dog i send like 30 videos on a 30 minute walk because they're just 30 seconds bang 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 get my list beforehand and i just click on the profile on my google sheet and just whack them out and then i'm like a lot more direct in the video for for the dms i'm a little bit less direct I'm, I'm more of like trying to get a conversation started but not in a way that i'm like hey how are you because then it's like okay I, I don't what what do you want right that's that's not direct enough i'm gonna say hey it looks like this thing's happening over here here's a question but it's a pointy question and it's closed-ended are you seeing this challenge are you doing anything to prevent that and that creates like a back and forth and what i almost want to get is like a text chain going back and forth because i've found that linkedin does operate a lot more like that so I can just say, here's the framework, looks like this. So I've done some research to qualify my message. Are you doing anything to prevent challenge? And it's simple as that. And they go, yes, no, we use this, whatever. Now we've got a back and forth conversation. It's super easy to continue that conversation. Um, and I make sure when I'm targeting folks, I'm talking to people who are active on the platform, people who have viewed my profile. I get a, like, you know, 15,000 profile views a month. So I can mine that for people who are in my ICP or worth talking to. People who are engaging my content are people's content. That tells you that they're online because I think that a lot of the challenge and a lot of the reasons why reply rates are so low via DMs and emails is people are reaching out to people who aren't using LinkedIn actively. We want to find those active users, those folks at the top um, who are checking their DMs so we actually have a chance of being seen because there's a lot of people out there who just are sticking their resume up there, logging in once, once they lose their job or want a new gig, right? So... I mean, that's another hack right there too on Sales Navigator is to filter out all of your connection requests by people that are active on the profile. Who's posted content in the last 30 days? And you take that 20% of your market and that's where you focus all of your attention in the DMs. And you can also, you mentioned this earlier, in Sales Nav, filter people that have looked at your profile recently or that you've hmm. had DM conversations with. Um, to answer other people's questions around like video, audio messages, you guys are recommending, I'm assuming... Yeah, we take the. Yeah, you can only do it on the mobile to send a native video. So don't don't send links and everything like that in the DMs because it's going to be hard. I recommend that approach by email. But get your mobile device out on there. You can record a voice note or video, and those are super effective because not many people do them. And if you do approach them the right way, you can get away with like being a lot more direct. I find. So if I'm smiling, going, "Hey, wanted to reach out, I'll be real. Um, saw this about you, but I think." thought this might be a problem we helped solve that by doing this like that's a much more welcoming and warm video 
um, and delivered better than DM where the tone can't be read as, you know, this is someone I actually want to talk to. Yeah. One last comment. I'll go ahead, Darren. No, you're good. I was just answering some questions. Um, One last thing that I'll say is I don't think that people hate being pitched. I think they hate bad pitches. And a bad pitch is one that's a blanket pitch that doesn't feel custom towards me. And it's one that talks all about your solution versus the problem that you solve or the goals that you help people with. So like, just kind of think about that. Don't be the person that feels like they have to add value in every touch. It's like you can only have so much back and forth with a prospect. So, so don't waste it. Um, yeah, this has been awesome. This is where you can check out more of Sell Better stuff. Um, Will, real quick, where can people go to find more information out about you? We've been talking about it all this time. LinkedIn's the best spot. Will Aiken with the blue heart. Um, I'm in, slide into my connections. I, I accept all of them except for the ones that have pictures. <laughs> yeah. Wait till you connect with me at least before you slide in. Yeah. Darren, what about you? LinkedIn? That's yeah, fine. it's fine. Yeah. DM me. If I don't answer, DM me again. If I don't answer, DM me again. I'll probably answer you on the third one. <laughs> Feel that. It's definitely it's hard guys, to inbox it. <laughs> Will, Darren, appreciate your time. And, and everyone else that showed up, appreciate you guys spending 45 minutes with us. Hope this was super value, uh, valuable for you. Make sure to come back for more. And that's all we got for you today. We will see you guys later. Have a good one. Thanks, Jason. Awesome.